Hey guys, you're listening to our Bollywood Meets Hollywood, the bi-monthly podcast dedicated to the movers and shakers of Bollywood and Hollywood, including other talented individuals who influence the world today. I'm your host, Sana Khan, and I'm here with a very special guest. He is a music pioneer. He has paved the way for many South Asian artists. You have heard his music on TV and in film. He's worked with some of your favorite artists, too many to list. He is a record producer, a CEO, an entrepreneur, a businessman, the founder of Rockets Avenue, a South Asian record label based out of L.A. He is Sammy John. Welcome, Sammy. Thank you so much, Sana, for having me. <laughs> Thank you. This is really cool. I'm so excited to have you. This is really cool. You know, we've been wanting to talk for a while, and, and I'm just so excited we made it happen. This is excellent. Oh, my God. You're awesome. Thank you. I know you're super, super busy. What's going on, Sammy? What are you up to? My goodness. We've been, you know, busy here at Ruckus Avenue and uh, working away with all of our great artists here that we have on the roster and and uh, working away on some crazy projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a lot of fun. We, you know, we've, we've, been, we've been really busy with, you know, our artist roster, including Sipindish Hittaj, Puppy Lahiri, mm-hmm. uh, Ruby Ibarra, who's this really cool hip-hop artist that's really blown up. I'm sure you guys have seen him on television, mm-hmm. on television like nasty car commercials and stuff. And Yeah. Nice. And, uh, it's, it's, just exciting. Very, very cool. You know, it makes me really, really proud to see, you know, a Desi brother out there doing his thing, you know, in Hollywood. So I've, I, I'm dying to know, how did you get started in the music industry? You know, um, my time actually goes back to like, you know, the early 90s, you know, and I'm 43. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I started like at 16, 17 and started working with a lot of the different hip hop groups that were here in the L.A. area, and, you know, for all the underground hip-hop fans and stuff, just people like, you know, Styles of Beyond and people like that that were just based here out of the Valley area, and then started doing a lot of, like, um, ghost production, ghost writing for for well-known artists here in the L.A. area Uh as well. Uh, And then, you know, at at about 18, I took my first shot at starting a record label. And, uh, of course, it failed. You know, it was like, we had no idea what we were really doing. We just had this idea of wanting to start a record label. Mm-hmm. But then through that, and while I was in college and everything, I started to go to really learn a little bit more about the business side and what was going on. And, and I was able to apply like what I'd learned to music and stuff and nice. make a business out of it. And at 21, I started Ruckus Avenue. And wow. in 1996, it was the first South Asian you know, record label here in North America. And I cannot believe we're still around 22 years later. I, it's pretty fun. It's been pretty crazy. And, Wow, yeah. the times as well, but you know, I can't believe it. Yeah, Time flies, I guess when you're having fun. You no, know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Time definitely does fly. Um, so, who was your uh, music inspiration growing up? Man, uh, because I was, you know, because I was in in that kind of hip hop field coming up as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the first name I'm referring to is Dr. Dre. And, <laughs> Hell uh, yeah, you know, that's that's that's, that's like one of the the, the first names I've ever actually, but. Obviously, people like A.R. Rahman and, and Mr. Padeli Khan and yes. people like that that really kind of influenced me when I was growing up. And yeah. still to this day, Mr. Padeli Khan is mm-hmm. my favorite artist of all time. But even though I had this kind of a hip-hop background, I was really kind of experimental. I really kind of played around with different styles of music. Mm-hmm. And I was really open to listening to different styles of music. And I, I think it kind of reflects also on our label and the, the type of artists we find. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're 
some different genres and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. it's crazy how like your influences at a young age kind of carry you through. Absolutely. Influence now, even like your decision making and stuff. You know? Absolutely. So, now the artists that you sign on board, um, under your record yeah. label, are they all South Asian or do you also work with non-South Asian artists? You know, it's, it's really interesting. For 21 years, we had worked with only exclusively South Asian artists. It just happened to be that wow. way, you know? Okay. And we, we, of course, there's a South Asian label. About a year ago, we just signed uh, a female Filipino artist by the name of Ruby Ibarra. Mm-hmm. And Ruby has just been absolutely awesome for us. In fact, uh, we've actually spun off a label off of Ruckus Avenue Music Group when we started, and, and it's called Ruckus Avenue East. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a new label that we just launched about a month ago, literally to kind of house, you know, artists just like Ruby Ivar and there's several other artists that we've been watching here at Ruckus Avenue for a while that we're really, mm-hmm. really interested in kind of bringing on. But even back in my days of when I was actually rapping, I used to do a rap group called Karmacy back in the day. Oh, yeah? We were, you know, <laughs> yeah. You got to so send we me photos of that. I want to see what you look like back then. Like, there you go. I think Karma see Ruckus Avenue, you'll see. Oh, and man. Was, uh, you know, myself and three other uh, very brave souls, we went out there and for about eight years kind of uh, did our thing. We probably did a good couple hundred shows in that time period. And, wow. You know, really had a good time with it. And we were featured in New York Times, MTV, oh and all these gosh. other cool fun things. But that was really kind of how Ruckus Avenue even kind of got its kind of roots as well and stuff. This food is group called Karma and everything. And so... Uh, you can probably see some deal videos. Uh, now, Karmacy, what type of music did you guys do? Was, did you say it was hip-hop? or what? Hip-hop. Hip-hop. We, okay. we really were. We, yeah, we were really the first South Asian hip-hop group out there ever, in, in, in the sense of it oh, kind wow. of being where we were, were, were touring and performing, and we had an album, and we you know done all these things. And, 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 and a lot of different kind of places were kind of cited as the pioneers of this kind of group, especially... You know, even people like myself within the group, when we, you know, as I formed the group, uh, there were a lot of artists that I'd seen around the country and stuff that were doing their thing. And so it was an interesting time. Mm-hmm. But uh, we all got old and started <laughs> doing other things. Like, of course, I carried on with the label and producing music and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, man, that seems like such a long time. No, ago. it was definitely a different time. Tell me about that time. What were some of the challenges that you guys faced, you know, as South Asian men? Oh, breaking you, into the industry. Know, that's, that's interesting. No, that's really interesting because Ruckus Avenue itself is, you know, the reason it became, you know, what it was was because literally of the frustration of what I was not able to achieve in the mainstream music place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the limitations that I had. And it was really interesting because hip-hop was exclusively black at that time. And, and it, was, it was an African-American uh, art form in the form of even a business and everything else. Sure, was, you know, run by major labels and people from different... But, from the from the creative side of it, it was a, it was a very tight inner circle, and also the perception that that if you weren't uh, from the African American community, that you really should be rapping. Even though you know I grew up here and I kind of mm-hmm. grew up around all of it, and you know we were always around it. And I was making beats with my friends that were from different ethnicities. You didn't really look at it that way, but yeah. you know when it started to come to the business side of it, that's where I saw the limitations. Mm-hmm. You know, people wouldn't sign me to do those type of things or whatever it might be. Or they would hire me to do things under someone else's name. Oh, or my God. Stuff like that. Like really? Right. Right. I mean, right. So it would be stuff like that. So it wouldn't, uh, I, I would never be. So at about 19 or 20, I started to be like, man, this is, is going to be tough. And so at, at 21, I actually started Ruckus Avenue as a South Asian label, literally to kind of 
help provide a platform for what I wanted to do as well. It was like, man, I, I want to start a label for my, myself, sure, to facilitate it, but I, I saw that this was an opportunity. Well, I'll give you a little bit of a background. Yeah, right? yeah, please. So I was born and raised in, I was born and raised in London. And, and I lived in London or in, in the UK until about 12. And so I'd seen how Pongra and even the Indian culture had started to kind of evolve and if not kind mm-hmm. of, you know, sprinkle into the mainstream, spill over into the mainstream. Like yeah. it was becoming more and more kind of prevalent. And I knew that even at that time when I moved here at 12, 20, what, 32 years ago, that I would eventually find, you know, some space like that here. That, mm-hmm. that it was only a matter of time before our community here would evolve to the space as, as it is there. It's mm-hmm. very prominent in England. Uh, I knew that at some point the South Asian community, at one point, soon hopefully here as well, will grow to that type of prominence and, and, and be able to have much more control of its own music and releasing its own right. stuff. So I kind of bet on that 1996. I was like, all right, well, it'll happen here sooner or later. Let's start one. And, and that's kind of how it started. And so at 21, I kind of mm-hmm. got frustrated with the mainstream music industry and just how the limitations were for me as an artist, yeah. even, let alone a producer. But I was like, man, I'm going to start Lux Avenue. You're like, I'm going to make my own opportunity. Fuck these guys. That's pretty much really, really the story of my life in the sense of like I've created all the platforms that I've even participated in. And it's just that, you know, what you have to do sometimes as a business Mm -hmm. or even an artist. Yeah, absolutely. You have to create your own opportunities. So Yeah. So, and then, you know, that was kind of the story there. Yeah. Can you hear me Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought I was I echoing for a second. That's fine. But at what moment, at what moment did you look around, um, you know, during a project and realize, wow, I can't believe they're paying me to do this. Like I finally made it. You know, that happened at a very early age for me. Not as often as it got, as, as I got older. Uh-huh. So the taste in it was always there for me at a young age. I mean, I, I remember selling my first beats when I was 16, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I remember selling them to my neighbors who were rapping, and they paid me 250 bucks a beat. I did four beats for them. I got $1,000, and I thought I was the coolest, richest <laughs> 16-year-old you could ever find. I blew about 200 bucks of it on, like, you know, baseball hats and T-shirts and stuff like that. I thought <laughs> it was good and well, you know? And, Wow. But then I didn't see a paycheck again in music for, like, I don't know, two years, three years? Yeah. You know, it was just how it was. And, but... It was like one of those, like, as soon as I got to about 18, mm-hmm. I started focusing a little bit more of it with more time for college and everything. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's when it became a little bit more of a serious thing for me. I started kind of getting more into it. But right. I think for me, the, you know, the, the, the it really turned for me when I think Ruckus Avenue started and when we started performing out there. Yeah. And, you know, our music was in films. I mean... I remember when, you know, we, we did the first, one of our first films was American Daisy. Do you remember that film? I do. I know, I remember that uh, one famous whatever. song. Yeah. That was in it. So our music was, so our song was the closing credit on there. Right? Oh my God, and I so, love that song. I love there you go, that song. To India. Yes. Right? Yes. And so that's my, that's my voice right there. The first verse. Oh so my God, I had no idea. Oh my God. And like what, 15 that's years later, I'm talking, I'm talking to you. That's crazy. Yeah, it's funny, right? Yeah, there you go. So, you know, we all celebrated, what, the 15-year anniversary of that, like, a few months ago? That was really cool. That's amazing. Um, that is super cool, Sammy. I had no so idea. There's a, there, there's a little bit of background for you. So, 
But we did a bunch of these films. There was a lot of cool projects yeah. that we did through the years that, you know, wherever films started to look for. And this is really interesting, too, because at first when we started performing, when uh-huh. we started performing in, like, Indian spaces, mm-hmm. people would look at us like, oh, my God, what are you guys trying to do? You know, and there was this kind of sense of people would either yeah. be looking at us, like, with their arms folded, like, all confused. Like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, or, or they'd be, like, you know, ignoring us. So let me ask you this. So you, you, you know? let me ask what? you this. You guys were in L.A. How did you get involved um, uh, with Indian artists in India? Um, you know, the, it, was, it wasn't, that came later. No, that came a lot later, actually. Okay. You know, at first, in 1996, when we started this label, it was pretty much local artists here that were South mm-hmm. Asian from the area. Mm-hmm. So know, how did you get involved? On, yeah. So how did you get involved eventually, like with people in India? That that started happening when a lot of the artists that are there, specifically artists like Mapileri, right. uh, Sitaj, uh, even now, when, you know, there's there signs of label, but even before that, it was, um, I think when film started to use us a lot, that kind of helped kind of, because, like, you know, whenever you start telling the story of South Asians in North America, hip-hop kind of becomes something now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a relationship there. And so when and people that were in North America started making their own films, and even in England or whatever, our music was starting to show up in these places. It mm-hmm. made it back to India. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember, you know, that kind of influencing the hip-hop scene even in India. Mm-hmm. The first people that started reaching out to us from India were like, oh, dude, we just heard your song in American Disney or mm-hmm. what have you, right? Whatever film. Yeah. And from that point, it started to, the collaboration began. And, and, you know, we signed a deal with Sony back in like 2002 or three or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was back then or something. And we were the first, you know, labor here to do something like that with a major label in India. And, yeah. And that's kind of when it began for us. <clears throat> Who, yeah. are, who are some of your favorite artists to work with today? Oh, my God. I know there's too many to list. Like, I know, but off the top of your well, head. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, all right, so I'll, I'll give you a couple from my past that I really enjoyed, right? Sure. Well, the first one I throw at you from my past is Rahat Patel Khan. Um, you okay. know, I had an amazing time working with him. We recorded uh, and worked on, what, 104 songs together? Oh, my like, gosh. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan of Rahat Fatih yeah. Ali Khan. Amazing. And, and, and the two of, no, he's, you know, as, as amazing as advertised, right? And he, um, the two of us worked together on, on, on a couple projects. And it was really cool because um, that actually happened right after uh, Mr. Fatih Ali Khan passed away. Mm. Maybe like a year after, two years after. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time... Uh, so I remember talking to, you know, Rod Fadeli Khan's father, Farouk Fadeli Khan, who was alive at that time, mm-hmm. about his older brother, Nusrat. And we would, like, sit there and talk about things. And I would ask him what song lyrics were meant or different dialects of Punjabi. And because I'm from, you know, the the, the India side of the Punjab border right on Jalanda, mm-hmm. and he was in Faisalabad, we spoke the same Punjabi. Oh. Right? So we were talking to each other like we're in the same village. And it was, like, really cool. And, and, that and cool. uh, so that was a really cool collaboration. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the last few years, it's been great. You know, people, working with people like Ari Mod and Sonu Nigam and, and Michael Franke, Talib Kwawi, mm-hmm. and my goodness, so many amazing, amazing people. You, you get to learn from each one of them. Now, and, I remember and, um, I remember talking to you on the red carpet about five years ago at IFLA, and you were yeah. on, I interviewed you and Tisha Campbell. Do you remember that? 
Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. What What were you guys? Uh, you What were you guys working on? Refresh my memory. I was working on Sold at the time. Yeah. And the the movie Sold. Yeah. And that was the film um, that we did that was about human trafficking. If you remember. And, I do. Um, I was at the so, premiere. Yeah, I do but, remember. Yes, it's coming yeah, back to me now. Yeah, and so I did the music to that film, and um, and it was great. I, you know, just working with Jeffrey Brown. Who you know was an Academy Award winner and yeah. an Emmy Award Emmy Award winner and, and you know just to kind of work with somebody like that that was kind of like a mentor to me even mm-hmm. beyond even the film you know and yeah. when you work with a director on a film and you're the music composer you there's a, there's a relationship there you know uh, as you see around you know money you're up and where they are in mind or whatever in my case not Jeffrey and I have that type of relationship but you build a relationship with somebody when you're working on their film. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like one of their first phone calls when they think of a scene. Because mm-hmm. they want to kind of discuss what they're thinking or hearing. And mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, Jeffrey and I built a great relationship through it. And he was like a mentor to me. I learned about human trafficking through his kind of, you know, expression of this film. And so that was really cool. It's insane. And, I um, love the movie. I remember. Yeah, so I that was a great film. With, oh, yeah. So we, we, you know, we got to work with people like Salim and Suleiman, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Franti, Capadonna. Um, just awesome artists, uh, even on that down. Amazing. As well, that, that we put out here. Amazing. Um, no, yeah. Sammy, and then the last one that we ahead. did recently was The Black Prince, by the way. Uh, the, that was the one with Satinder Sutaj and, uh, that was the song that we did with, like, Talib Kali. I, I heard, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I heard of The Black Prince. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, I've heard of it. Yeah, it just came out on Netflix. Check it out. I will. Yeah. I didn't know it was on Netflix. How long has it been on Netflix? Yeah. Just came out actually, like literally, like I think about four or five days ago. So you, you, you oh, wow. at the right time for Okay, for that. there you there go. You I'm going to be watching it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sammy, cool. how, cool. in your opinion, how has the industry, the music industry, changed since the '90s? You know, it's it's interesting. It's it's, it's twofold, right? Some people say, "Oh, it's changed a lot. Like it's dramatic." And then there's some people that say, "No, it's always been like this," mm-hmm. right? And, and, and I'm kind of of the belief that it's always been like this, and which is uh, you're, as, a, as a music maker, your job is to make music. And, you know, whether it's on records or cassettes or CDs mm-hmm. or now phones, the medium of how that happens is always going to change, right? right, right. Um, we're affected by internet just the same way people <laughs> are you know, affected by the radio or television yeah. or or what have you in the time, right? In, in these last like generations and stuff. And so the music industry is an old. It's it probably last. It's probably about a hundred years old overall in terms of how it's been. And through that, technology has moved super fast. Right? So, d- so do you do you feel um, that Spotify and other music streaming services, um, I mean, have kind of ruined it for artists? Uh, is, I mean, is it a good thing or is it a bad no, thing? No, 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 no. They didn't. They didn't ruin it. Okay. What, what happened there was literally. I'm, I'm just going to put it too plain. The technology nerds beat the music nerds to it, okay? <laughs> and and the, their technology grew and was invested in and was supported much faster. Mm-hmm. And people didn't really care about, you know, the, the, the shit that people were putting through it as long as they were selling the technology and stuff. And at some point, somewhere along the line, people looked back and saw the music industry dying on the ground there. They're like, holy shit, maybe we should help them out a little exactly. bit. Exactly. So give them some more money. I don't know. Do something, you know? Yeah. So that's how these like latest round of kind of legalities and kind of things that are mm-hmm. happening in the music industry. I mean, I mean, even as much as we don't like them 
uh, Donald Trump just signed something yesterday to allow <laughs> more money to be given yeah. to artists yeah. off of streaming money. And that's a big thing that's going on in the creative industry in order for it to survive. I saw that. I mean, yay. The man can do some good, right? Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the best thing he's done. No, um, yeah, anyway, no kidding. No, on, on, on that level, I think at some point it's going to even out. It's going to take a little bit of time, but mm-hmm. you know, sooner or later we'll start to be paid. What okay. we're now, paid do that. you do you see more South Asians coming to Hollywood and you know collaborating with um, American artists and vice versa? I definitely see that for sure. Um, even in our business, right? So in the music business itself, kind of it seems like the, the, that's really the thing that moves both sides. Like the American music industry, is, they, they, they don't really want to just go market their music in India. And the Indian music industry doesn't just want to come to America to market their stuff here. It's kind of like the stuff we've been doing. You know, like on a song like ours, we put Rockstar and Talib together. Mm-hmm. Like um, on a record like us that we did with the UN, we put Quincy Jones and Al Rahman together, mm-hmm. right? And then on the project that we did for President Obama with the bullying project, we put like the Asian community and the Indian community. That's together. dope. So wait, you worked with you let me stop you right there. You worked with Barack Obama. So we worked with with the president and his White House on putting an album together to stop bullying. That's yeah. amazing. You so you met the guy? Like you actually shook hands we with him? We did not get to meet him. Oh, no. Unfortunately man. we did not get a chance to Okay. You know, my, we 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 had planned an event. Um that, has, that was planned before the election, that was supposed to happen after the election for the president. Yeah. And I think the election changed the president's plans in that time afterwards. So he would like, and so and, and we, we actually did do an event with the White House, but he just wasn't there. But I really mad. It was still amazing. Whatever, it's still, it's still amazing. Hell yeah. And, you know? Yeah. We were the only label that released, uh, we were the only label that released a project like this during his presidency. And wow. And he's on the album. Um, the Surgeon General was on the album as well. And, That's insane. You know, so it, it's, it's amazing. And, and the First Lady and, and some yes. of the other really cool people like that that lent them to, that their support to it. And so... We were just really honored to work on that. I mean, yeah. Like yeah. So, Sammy, who are you yeah. currently working with? And besides your the artist that you told me about that you signed on, who, I mean, like any other, you know, amazing, like any other cool collaborations coming up? Well, we, you know, I'll, 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 yes, we have um, one really cool, big kind of thing that we're working on right now. I won't share what that is yet. Oh, man. Tora sabadado, just no, a little bit. I know. I wish I could, but you know, I, I I will in due time. Not very, not not too far. Now. Maybe the next time we get on, we we'll, we'll talk about it. More. Okay, fine. But, I'll you know, let it's, you slide. It's a real cool project that everybody's just coming together on. I'm I'm just really excited about it. It, it features some of the the biggest names in, in our diaspora culture around this world, and okay, um, I'm really excited to be a part of it. And that's really what my focus has been over the last month or two. And, and in very short amount of time, in due time, you guys will know what it is, but. Kind of have an idea now. I did, I did. Yeah. yeah so did. thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, right? So, but, yeah. All right, I've got a few things going on here. So we've got a couple of really cool projects in the works right now that we're about to release. One is, all right, I'm going to break some silence on a couple of projects for you. So it doesn't seem like a disappointment, right? So here's one. <laughs> we're working on a brand new album that we're about to release here at the turn of the year. Okay. It's a collaboration between Buffy Lahiri and Ozo Motley, the Latin Academy, I mean, the Latin Grammy Award-winning band. Uh-huh. Um, it's a really, really cool mashup of two cultures coming together on one album. 
and it's something that you know it's it's it's, it's imagined in a very kind of crazy way you know and but it, it's amazing how many similarities the two cultures have musically oh yeah it really is i mean music kind of so brings Latin people music, together you know what i mean really yeah. yeah oh yeah so oh, yeah it's universal and, and, yeah yeah so there you go and and you know so that's a really cool project where you know, I've just been mixing the album right now uh, with my, my with my my brother Jack Atlantis, uh-huh. and the two of us have just been kind of mixing it up and getting everything ready. And Andrew Sierra, Buffy Leary, mm-hmm. Buffy Leary have been all part of this project, getting it all together. And uh, that's been a cool project. And of course, uh, you know, the other cool next project that we're working on for my own stuff is an album that's called uh, The Inside Job, which is like a a, a hip hop slash like uh, fusion record with a bunch of really cool names on it, all oh, one nice. album, uh, featuring some really, really big uh, hip hop names as well that I'm excited to share pretty soon here. So you can't share, yeah. you can't drop any names right now. I won't yet. Darn! Won't yet. But, but you mentioned big names on that one too. I know. <laughs> you mentioned Buppy Larry. Well, that one's almost done. Oh, okay. Done. All right, fine. Done. So I'll bug you about that. Okay, so I, I okay, so I really want to know this, okay? And you have to be honest, okay, as on, honest as possible. I'm already scared. Okay, no, it's nothing I'm crazy. Scared what you're gonna ask me? But go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. No. So, who do you enjoy working with more, Bollywood artists or Hollywood artists? Oh boy. I know. Um. <laughs> you know, you, you asked me a war question, but then, you know, the both sides of the business have their own thing going on. You know, both are great in their own ways, both are terrible in their own ways, right? And um, the way I've always looked at it is that I, I find myself one of the very few people that is able to bridge the two sides together. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, through the years of just working in the business here, I feel like that's where people ask me to be, you know, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's like in the form of making the music for somebody like Jeffrey, right, who's American, looking to make a film that's based in India, but kind of needs a lot of that kind of bridge from the music side of it, and I was there to do that. Or whether it was even working with like Satinder Sataj and Kavi Raj and everybody on the Black Prince film, who were Punjabi, and my job was to kind of connect the Western side to them. You know what I'm saying? I was able to do both sides. So for me, like, I feel like, you know, they both have equal kind of benefits and things. You're just going to see a lot of it coming up. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are looking to collaborate on both sides, especially in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw it a lot in the film side. It kind of came and it kind of fills out. And if you look around right now, really not much we know about, you know, other than stuff going on, maybe with Netflix and stuff like that, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, but on the music level, I think, feel like it's, it's about to bubble up in a big way. Um, you're going to see a lot more of that. I love it. I can't wait. I know. I can almost feel it. Yeah. There's going to be like this massive explosion, right? Like it's kind of yeah, building up. It's building people, up. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, you know, it's, it, listen, it always comes down to money when it comes to the business of music, right? Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, I think that people are starting to find that there is business and there is music to be sold and, and, and things to be done in India now. And so, People are looking at India with relevance and they mm-hmm. want to kind of build localized kind of partnerships, right? Even artistically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so 
I think that kind of symbiosis you'll see a lot of. You'll see a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I'm super excited. Can't wait. <laughs> so, Sammy, what? Can't ad- wait. <laughs> Sammy, what advice would you give to artists who are just starting out? Wow. Um, I think you have to stick with it. That's the first thing. A lot of stuff you have to sacrifice along the way. Um, you know, I. It's. You know, even socially or even on a personal level, it's a commitment. It's 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 really uh, something that. Whoever is getting into it has to be kind of, you know, really focused about in terms of <clears throat> their commitment level. Mm-hmm. I, I can't over kind of state that. I, the only artists that I've seen that are successful are the ones that really have built it and they were committed to it mm-hmm. and they put other things aside to make it happen. Uh, there's a saying that we have in the music business, or actually in most businesses, to every overnight success, there's a 10 to 20 year history. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. And in the music business, that's, yeah, in the music business, and show business just generally that is absolutely the case. It's all about tenacity, so I, right? I, it's all about tenacity. It's mm-hmm. all about persistence. It's all about dedication and sacrifice. Absolutely. Yeah. Persistence. You know, these are really kind of weird words. Like, you know, when you're younger, yeah. you think of these words as like pe- words that people put up on like posters or some shit like that, yeah. or, you know, tenacity or they wear yeah. on their t-shirt. It's like, okay, good. Tenacity, dog. It's I, a cliche. It's like, a cliche. The, when you when you understand what that word means, and yeah. you understand what determination means. Yeah, uh, I think that's 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 when you're on your way to. Success. You know, one thing I, I used to uh, question and I used to hate. Yeah. It sounded like and it is it's still a cliche, but I truly truly believe in it because I've experienced that. You know, when people used to tell you believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, you shall you'll make it. You'll you'll be able to achieve anything you ever wanted. You know, people are, you know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, you can't bequeath that. Like, what is this believing in yourself? No, like, you can't bequeath that at all. You know, no. what is hey, this you believing in yourself? There's, yeah. a, there's, there's a saying about the believe yourself thing. I've got a bunch of these things. Yeah. I'm just entertaining it. All right. Believe in yourself because nobody else will. Yeah. Is, is the thing that you should always know. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I can't overstate that as well, because if you're not going to know, the, I mean, listen, we've all been rejected. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been rejected all my life. I still get rejected all the time. It's just part yeah. of it. You know, it's, it's part, like, of, it's part know, of the it's, industry. That's, that's, it is. It just, you have to know that. And, and so if you're not going to be willing to kind of be long-sighted about it, and if you're not going to be kind of driven to, like, keep going, then you'll, you'll give up. Mm-hmm. You really will. You will. I mean, the, the downs in this business in terms of how things can go right and how things can go wrong in this business, Mm-hmm. Are, are enough to put you out of business. I mean, I mean, I've had so many different things happen to me through the years where people were probably like, well, that's probably the end of Sammy. <laughs> you know? <But laughs> Little did they know. The yeah. Well, I mean, that's just how it is. You have to just keep going. And it's not because of anything else other than you're just long-minded about it. So, Sammy, how, how do you deal with the haters? Um, we have the haters. You, you know, How do you deal with them? Oh, yes, we do. No, we do. Um... I just kind of ignore them, you know, um, and it's easy to kind of say that, but you, you just have to channel it. You, 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 you have to make it into work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, we've all had our share of haters and we've all had our share of haters that have even obstructed with the work that you're trying to do in one way, shape or form. Yeah. That's kind of what they do. Right. And I think that, um, I, I just keep my social circles very small. Uh, I have very kind of, uh, deliberate, honest, and people that I trust around me. Um, I don't let other people get into my ears about what they think about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because, you know, they just don't know. And, and 
I think everybody has their own, you know, kind of opinion on things or whatever it might be and whether they agree or they disagree. It still goes back to that thing I said to you. You have to be long-minded about it. You have to be very kind of, you know, you have to be looking way ahead of yourself and, and thinking that, you know, this is temporary. These people are supposed to be there to, to provide the resistance for you to keep going. Yeah. Otherwise, it's too easy. And if it's too easy, you ain't going to make it. You know, because Right. Anything worth, ha- well, uh, no, what was it? Yeah. Anything worth having isn't going to be easy. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's, that's totally true. But, yeah. um, but along the way, you don't, you, you know, you, you do want to have a good balance of life outside of music or entertainment as well. And, you know, things like family or yeah. any of these things obviously are, are super important. And, yeah. and you know, so how do you balance that? How do you balance family? I mean, you have, uh, three beautiful children. Thank you. And you have a beautiful um, wife. How do you balance family an and work? That really helps me a lot in that department. I, I don't think I can. Uh, everybody that knows me personally or is around Rocky Avenue knows that. The yeah. real like star here is really my wife. And yeah. She's the one that kind of, uh, makes all that kind of stuff. No, it's true. It really is. I believe and, you. Um, no, it, and, and so, but that kind of commitment on Ruckus Avenue side is really a two-pronged thing. It's me and my wife and mm-hmm. whoever's manning the, the kids or the, the, the record label or the artist or whatever at that given time, the other one's doing the other one to help the other thing. And so um, that's just kind of how it works. But me, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of how I balance it. I think definitely keep my social circle small, but I have, I'm all about my wife and kids. Mm-hmm. I, you know, um, I'm lucky I have my studio here at my house as well. My office is out of my house as well. Nice. So those things really make a difference. You have to come by the Rucks Avenue studio, by the way. Oh, you I would to love to. Like yeah, I'm waiting yeah, for my invitation. Really cool. Well, was that a, a formal okay, invitation? Well, you done. invite me? I'm done. done. <laughs> invitation sent. Now, this is, it's already done. So it's, it's, it's all here, you know? And so, like, it, it, that helps as well. The kids are always... Yeah. Knocking on my door every few minutes. Luckily, they didn't do it during this interview. Cool. <laughs> but otherwise, they'll knock on my door and say, Daddy, can you fix this? And, I love you know, it. But I like that. That's really cool. Yeah, they're so cute. You had a, Congratulations. You had a, a new baby, too, right? Not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, she's 16 months old. Oh, oh I saw. Oh. So pretty. So gorgeous. My little <laughs> Luckily, the kids look like their mother. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. No, you guys are all beautiful. (laughs) You guys are amazing. You and your wife. You guys are a beautiful couple. You have beautiful children. Like, I'm so happy for you. Seriously. Like, I'm so proud of you. It's just really, really nice to see a South Asian man, you know, just killing it. It's great. Well, you know what? (laughs) We've got great people like yourself supporting us, keeping us going. And that's really what this takes. It's really... Uh, a collaborative thing there. You know, when we first started out back in 96 in terms of this label, mm-hmm. you know, the starting a South Asian label thing is just easy to fucking say. Mm-hmm. But then when you look around and say, all right, now we started a label, now what? And then you start looking around and you say, wait a minute, there's no PR company. Wait a minute, there's no manager. <laughs> Fuck, there's, no even, there's not even any artists out there. What are we doing? <laughs> so you, you kind of have to create that. Yeah. So, you know, you, it, part of it is believing in people around you, but you... Uh, have to invest in you know your your belief in them and but it takes a huge community of people to make something cool happen and, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to see all of us kind of rising to those spaces. It's I cool. know, I love it. I'm a I'm a I'm a true believer that if you reach out and help someone, that it will come back to you, and that together we are a greater force yeah. than we are alone. I yeah. truly truly believe yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know what it is for other people, but that is pretty much my mantra. 
So I know your mantras are really cool. <laughs> and they work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tommy. You you are amazing. I wish you all the success and hopefully oh, we will you. see each other soon, very, very soon. Um you know, is there anything else Thanks you want to having me? This is really an honor to be on your program and it's really cool to be considered in the Hollywood Bollywood you know, shake up of this world, you know, yeah, you're the mover and shake. You're the movers and shaker. You are the epitome of what my podcast is about. Okay. I had to have you on the oh, show. Cool. Nice. Lovely. Thank you so much. It's so awesome. true. Thank you guys. You're listening to where Bollywood meets Hollywood, the bi-monthly podcast dedicated to the movers and shakers of Bollywood and Hollywood. Thank you so much, Sammy until next time guys. Oh, and don't forget to follow Sammy John on Facebook. Sammy, what is, what is your Facebook handle and your IG handle? Uh, I think it's Mr. Sammy Chand, and then you can go to Twitter. Uh, I'm under Sammy Chand, and Instagram, also Sammy Chand. Yes, and guys, check out his record label, too. He has a website, RuckusAvenue.com, right? And then you also have your R-U-K-U-S-A-V-E-N-U-E.com. and he also has his own website, too. It's SammyJohnCHAND.com. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye, Sammy. Thank you so much. Peace out, everyone. Thank you. (laughs) Bye.